Hey, Messengers listeners, welcome to this week's episode. On today's episode, we are talking about the do's and don'ts of website redesign, uh, some of the things you need to worry about, some of the things you need to try to avoid, um, things that you need to make sure are handled properly when you do decide that your website needs a little bit of an update. Um, we also do a little bit of a deep dive on website maintenance, why it's important, um, and some of the things that you need to look out for when it comes to maintaining your website. Stay tuned. Welcome, everybody, to the Messengers Podcast. I am Chris Searles, and with me here today, of course, is the apple of my eye, Mr. Rob Seifert. All right. Uh, that just here. got a, a weird look from James over in the corner. <laughs> uh, well, you don't... A little weird? James <laughs> thinks that was weird. Um, it gets a little weird around here sometimes. It gets late in the day. You never really know what's going to happen. I'm a little uncomfortable. <laughs> That's good. Usually you're the one making everybody else uncomfortable. <laughs> so figured I would try my hand at it. <laughs> so what's going on, Rob? Oh, you know, today, busy as anything, you know. Good. Just uh, stay busy. Trying to we pay the bills. get the work done and answer the phones here. And record a podcast. Right. Well, <laughs> here we go. That's always the always the best part when uh, Rob's running around like a chicken with his head cut off, and I grab him for an hour and a half to sit in a room and talk to me. This is my break. Yeah. <laughs> breaks. Nobody gets breaks around here. Come on. Uh, so I was sitting with a client the other day. Uh, we were talking about a website redesign. It kind of got me thinking about um, the way that we approach website redesigns here and the way well the way that we prefer to approach them whether or not our clients listen to us is a different story most of the time they don't mm. um which is probably probably better off i guess but um it it always kind of uh surprises me how they how our clients are always kind of so ready to rip apart what they have and and start fresh and how we're kind of the voices of reason or try to be the voices of reason on, you know, we don't really have to do that. Sometimes we do. Uh, and we'll, I guess we can talk a little bit about when that is and, and when we would recommend, yeah, rip it apart and start fresh. Yeah. Um, but uh, certainly there are times when a, a more measured approach is, is warranted. Mm. Um, certainly is less expensive up front. Uh, you know, we kind of talk ourselves out of a project, or I try to talk myself out of a project when we do that. Um, but ultimately, certainly would be something that is better for the client. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we it's, a, it's one of those things where... Um, I think most people kind of see well, it's new and shiny, and that's good, uh, and that's going to be a good thing. Is is for me to kind of get rid of this thing that I've had for three years and and start with something that's brand new, and people are going to love that and love seeing something brand new. Um, and you know, some people might, and you might get a lot of people that do, um, but a lot of automated systems and technologies, namely Google. Uh, don't really like that as much and a lot of times even the your users are not going to be super happy about it i guess depending on the the quantity of traffic that you get i mean anytime facebook changes anything hmm. it's a, a 
Everyone people grumbled. Shit fit. Yeah. Um, and it could be a, a really positive cha- layout change, but people are always going to complain about that kind of stuff uh, because, you know, something that they've gotten so used to, I know where this is, all of a sudden is gone, and yeah. they got to figure it out. Yeah, um, I see it. I see it, you know, two ways, I guess. That would be the decision that we'd have to make if we were going to recommend a rebuild, or, you know, design and the back end how it's built you know those are you know a couple of the considerations i would say would be primary yeah most of our clients are kind of you know they we don't do website work for facebook unfortunately mm-hmm. um but you know so most of our clients don't really have the issue as far as uh users that are so accustomed to what their website looks like and how it functions that um you know changing something small is going to cause a, a major issue uh, for us, usually it's more of a marketing uh, issue where you might have a desire to change something that doesn't need to be changed. And that's mm-hmm. really more what, what we try to focus on is um, identifying whether something really needs to be changed. Once you've kind of identified the thing that you want to change, test a new version of that that little thing, not, you know, not ripping apart your whole website, Mm. but, um, you know, my homepage isn't really driving people to the place that I want it to drive people to, or they're not, they don't seem to be finding the information that they're looking for. Um, maybe I can change my hero image and my call to my primary call to action on that page and see if that helps. Um, and, and doing that versus saying my website's really not working and it's kind of old. Let's just, throw it away and start from scratch mm. means you're just throwing darts at a board again. You're, you're, you're guessing as far as what's going to work and you're, you're going to build something that looks nice. And right. we, we talked about that, you know, a few episodes back as far as, um, just kind of data driven design as a whole. Um, you know, I guess this is, in, you know, more of a deep dive into that, how that applies to your website specifically. Um, but that you don't want to be throwing darts at a wall. You want to know what works know what doesn't work, try to change and improve the stuff that doesn't work, um, and keep the stuff that works. So it's kind of just jumping back to what you said, that when you said Google doesn't like that, uh, if, you, if you tear down a site and rebuild it. I mean, th- there's an adverse effect if you, if you've had, say you've had a site up for four years, and you've done minimal updates to it, and you come in to the company and you say, tear it down. I mean, what's the downside to that? Depends. Uh, if the, the company that you're working with is good at what they do, there shouldn't be one. Um, but it is one of the things that we have to talk to people about and we have to, uh, especially if, if they're comparing us to a competitor that might not do the things that they should be doing. And, mm. and, you know, especially on the small business side of things, a lot of, you know, quote unquote, web designers aren't really web designers. They know how to use WordPress or they, you know, and deploy mm. a template and a theme. And, and again, they know how to make something look nice. Um, but a lot of the really kind of finer technical details that are really important, especially if you're talking about a, a redesign, um, is stuff that, that they're not going to bring to your attention because they don't really know that it's something they need to be dealing with. And you don't know enough to know that it's something they need to be dealing with. Um, and it's important. So the biggest thing that we look at with that is um, how what happens to all of your old links. Uh, you know, you have the same problem if you want to change a domain name or, or things like that. And we had a client recently that was talking about changing their domain name 
Um, and that was, you know, question number one is, is okay, well, we need to handle that the right way here. You know, here's what we need to do. Here's why it's a little more involved than just saying, well, people are going to go here now instead of going there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the primary issue you need to worry about is somebody either had an old link in there, you know, stored as a bookmark, right? Which mm-hmm. means, which is a great thing. If you can get somebody to bookmark one of your pages that they're, you know, going to frequently enough that they want to save it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so you want to make sure that those continue to work. Um, from a search engine standpoint, uh, Google has all of has your site indexed in their search in- index, uh, and those pages are ranked by Google a certain way. What happens if that page disappears tomorrow, and a new page takes it place takes its place? Well, you're kind of starting from square one in terms of your search results for that new page versus the old page, unless you handle it the right way. Um, Links from other websites, which again, then also have an effect on your search ranking. Uh, You know, the number of other websites that link into your site, Google takes as a kind of a vote of confidence in your website. So that matters in terms of how well your, your website ranks. Um, and again, you don't want all of those links to end up as broken links where somebody wrote an article about you, which is awesome, but then the link that they put in there goes to a page that doesn't exist on your site anymore because you just kind of chopped it down and put something else in there. Um, so the way that we handle that primarily are through what we call a 301, 301 redirect, um, and not to get too into the weeds on the technical side of things, but um, the the... The bottom line is that tells any piece of technology that's looking for that page that, hey, it doesn't exist here anymore. It's been permanently moved to this new location. Uh, it's got like a change of address with the with the post office. You know, when you move, you don't just move mm. and, and decide that, well, people are going to find me at my new address, hopefully. You move, you fill out a change of address form so that everything that was going to your old house or business or whatever now actually is going to end up in the right place Mm. um you know so that those are some of the things that are that are important to look at when you say look i'm just going to rip down everything that i have and just start from scratch and not even worry about the fact that that stuff existed and has a history on the internet that you can't really scrub and do anything about yeah certainly sounds like a more functional way to deal with it really didn't you know think it that far through understand a little bit better now I mean I get a lot of people that call me that you know built their sites years ago um, in programs like Dreamweaver or something like that and they're still doing their own maintenance but typically what I see with those is they're just the the technology behind them is limited they're not mobile ready they're not scalable you know things like that in, in instances like that, where it's that old, the, would a rebuild be recommended at that point, or kind of depends. Really, um, still, sometimes. <laughs> so that's where you kind of that's where you get into a, an analysis of what you really have. Um, for the most part, uh, from a cost standpoint, if you, for example, if you have a website that's not at all mobile friendly, it's not it's not responsive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it just looks like garbage on a mobile device. Um, most of the time, that's when you're going to say, all right, well, we need a, a, a redesign. Um, but that being said, that doesn't mean that you need to throw out everything 
that existed on that website and completely start from scratch. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and that's where it kind of benefits you to be able to have the information, the data, the analytics, um, you know, heat maps or whatever it is that, that you need uh, to justify what you're going to change and why you're going to change it. Because you might have elements on that website that are great, that are extremely functional, that are driving a lot of results. And, and unless you have any data to support either that those exist or that they don't exist and, and you know, you're just not getting any value out of your website, um, you know, that's where you got to kind of make a judgment call there. Most of the time, if it's that old, uh, you know, we've been building responsive websites for long enough now where if um, if your site's not there, it mm -hmm. might be old enough where it kind of warrants like, all right, you know, we might take a lot of the same content. We might repackage it a little bit. We might even look to do this, you know, with the same site structure, the same um, routing scheme, you know, all that kind of stuff. Or maybe we'll update that for SEO purposes, but make sure that we do it the right way. Um, but that's where it kind of, it, it really comes down to evaluating individually. Um, but yeah, at some point, you know, you get to the point where you got to do a gut job. You got to tear the whole thing kind of apart and, and decide you're going to rebuild it from scratch. So it's not that it's never the right idea, but it's more about evaluating whether or not it's the right, right thing for you to do. You know, if you have a site that's two years old and you're just a little tired of the way that it looks, um, you know, that doesn't mean that it's time to tear the whole thing apart and, mm -hmm. and rebuild something brand new from scratch. Uh, you know, you're, you're certainly not going to be better served doing that than you would be identifying the areas of the site that really need improvement right. and working on improving those before you, you know, just do a, a gut job. I guess the analogy is sort of like a, a car, you know? I thought I just Did you compared that? it to a house. Well, I'm really saying a car would be better. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Come on, continue. I want to hear the car analogy. That's it. It's a car. If you Well, uh, I was going to ask about support and maintenance, too. I mean, I guess if you're taking care of your car and taking care of your website, that a complete rebuild is going to be a lot less likely if you're uh, keeping your website updated and current that uh, it's not going to be a consideration. Uh, in terms of the functionality of it, at least. Yeah, we see, um, we see concepts that run the gamut depending on the client. Um, it's less frequent, but we certainly have clients that ask about ongoing maintenance. You know, what, how's that going to work, and you know, what do we do, and and how do we make sure everything stays up to date, and, and um, you know, that that's great when they bring that up and realize that that's important. Um, on our side of things, we always push for some sort of ongoing maintenance. Um, mm. Just from a you know technology standpoint, doesn't matter what you're using to drive your website, whether you're using a content management system, um, you know like WordPress or Joomla, Drupal, um, which uh, please don't. But um, <laughs> different story. Uh, but those all need to be updated. They need to be maintained, right? There's bugs that are found all the time. Mm -hmm. There's new versions, new features. Um, uh, you know, I mean, they're open source. So, um, 
especially when it comes to plugins and things like that, there's people that are always looking for exploits and looking at ways that they can hack into those sites. And, um, you know, so they need to be maintained. They need to be updated. Uh, we had a, we had a, a client, um, who's a print client of ours, but not a, a website client. This was a couple of years ago, um, that contacted us. It was a nonprofit organization, uh, contacted us and said, uh, we need a little help. We have porn links all over hmm. our homepage and they, you know, something happened and their website got hacked. Right. Um, and they ended up with links to porn all over their, the homepage of their website. And it yeah. was, you know, <laughs> not a lot of, for her. you know, it was <laughs> like the sweet old lady who's, who <laughs> is running this nonprofit organization that <laughs> is, was sitting there going, uh, how do we take care of this? How do we get this off of here? Please, quickly, right? Um, <laughs> you know, but so so maintenance, update, you know, all that stuff is important. It doesn't matter what you're, uh, you know, what you're using, what platform you're using. Um, on those platforms, you know, stuff that's open source, that's one of the primary uh, reasons that it's important is, is security. Right. Um, uh, on the other side of things, it's really a lot of it's just about um, being current you know, staying up to date with current technology and, and ideally not ending up, you know, three years from now where you feel like you need to throw your whole website away because you've not done anything to it for three years. Mm. Uh, and the technology's just gotten so old that, um, it's, it's almost more expensive to maintain it than it would be to just build something that's current and new and, and maintain it from there. So I guess if somebody was interested, the first thing you would do, like you said, just going back to my car analogy, it would be like uh, doing a diagnostic on their website. You're going to look at the Google Analytics. You're going to look at heat maps and things like that and suggest things that can be done to the website and things and things that don't need to be fixed because they're working well. Yeah, that, I mean, that would be the goal. Yeah. Um, and, and for anybody out there that's listening that uh, is thinking about doing this to their website, that should be the approach. Okay. Um, collect the data, decide what needs to be addressed, what, you know, what you need to work on. Um, you know, there's, there are plenty of ways to do that. Uh, one of, um, a product I like a lot is uh, a website called crazy egg, um, which does heat mapping. You can, you install JavaScript snippet on your website and, uh, they give you full heat map of all your page, you know, you run tests and they give you heat map of what people are actually looking at, where are they stopping when they scroll? Um, you know, they'll do mobile versions and desktop versions. There are a couple other, um, uh, products out there that, that do the same thing. Um, but it's nice kind of takes your, your Google analytics data, which will give you, Hey, somebody, you know, this percentage of your visitors clicked on this button, uh, and really kind of jumps it up a notch and gives you a nice, you know, really cool visual representation of, you know, almost where people's eyes are tracking on your site. So you can see, um, you know, we've seen it on our own stuff where I go, oh, man, that's crazy. That's one of the things that I love most about our website and everybody just skips right over it. <laughs> um, you know, there's no, it's like, you know, the least valuable thing as far as our users are concerned on the whole page and you get a little bummed out about it, but then you realize, okay, well that it's not working. So let's figure out something new and, and try something else. Is that your bio? Yeah. <laughs> anything that's got my face or my voice or anything about me, um, generally speaking, those zero, zero clicks. <laughs> that's kind of mean. 
Uh, I take it back. I don't like your car analogy at all. Well, I'll come up with another one. Yeah, but going, you know, kind of going. Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna validate your car analogy because I do actually use that in in meetings with clients, and um, you know, when we talk about things like maintenance and, and you know, keeping a, a site up to date. Um, I, I've had that where you have cl- a customer who says, "Nah, I don't. I just want you know, just build it, leave it, and." I'll call you when I need you, if I need you. Mm-hmm. And two years later, I get a phone call going, hey, this isn't working. What's going on? Why doesn't this work? And I said, well, all right, well, let me find out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and I had it happen with a, with a client, and it basically was um, uh, where I got an angry phone call that, you know, people are submitting a form on my website, and, and it's it's not working. I'm not getting these. Uh, and I apparently haven't been getting them for, you know, a month or, or whatever the number is. And I say, well, okay. And um, angry at me first that, that nobody told him that it wasn't working uh, when, uh, you know, the response was, well, we, oh. we tried to sell you a service that would allow you, you know, allow us to do that for you. You told me you didn't want to pay for it. So mm. I'm not going to spend time checking, checking your, your website works. all the time <laughs> constantly if you're not going to pay me for it. At some point, we got to get paid for the mm-hmm. work that we do. Um, but when we delivered it, it was functional. Everything was working and apparently it was functional for about two years. And it turned out what happened was the, uh, email sender that we use had updated their API like 25 times since the version that we had, um, that we had deployed. Uh, actually that no, that one wasn't the 25. That was a, a, a different story with mm. a with a, a payment provider on a different website, but um, but this it, it gotten to the point where they deprecated the version of the API that we we were using to send email, and all of our other customers just had kind of by default been upgraded through you know throughout history because that's they were paying for us to actively maintain their websites, and right. and we just dealt with that stuff because it was just part of what we did, um, and this just ended up never getting updated. Uh, and they deprecated that version of their API, and they, which basically disallowed anybody from calling into that version and using it, and it caused everything to stop functioning. Um, and my response when when I explained what was going on and what it would cost for us to then go in and fix it, um, which was not a lot of money, it was a couple hundred bucks just to to go through, fix it, you mm-hmm. know, test it, make sure everything was working, deploy it, um, and he didn't want to pay that either. And I said, well, I, I don't know what to tell you. That's, you know, basically like buying a new car, never changing the oil. Right. And then when your engine seizes, going back to the dealership and saying, how come my car doesn't work? It's because we told you you had to maintain it mm-hmm. and you didn't maintain it. Now you got to pay to fix it. it mm, you know, sure. it is what it is. Right. But I did, I, I did actually use that analogy. So I, uh, so your, your car analogy is, is is validated yeah and i think it, as if you needed a, me to validate it well <laughs> i feel a little better about it i mean i think it's you know important that you bring that up that that uh a lot of times when we sit with clients in meeting and you speak about the you know the need for support and maintenance you know and related to you know technology changing in search engines you know google updating algorithms and you know, that they, they can make changes that are going to affect the way your website functions, you know. Um, uh, search, you know, not just search engines, but uh, web browsers too, you know. Web browsers. All the time. For sure. Right. So 
that that's what I mean. It's kind of not fair that someone calls you back and says, hey, you built this for me two years ago and it doesn't work now because it's by no fault of yours. It, it you know, technology grows and changes, changes all the time. And so it changes at websites a pace Websites have that's, to evolve too. Yeah, and it changes yeah. at a pace that's, you know, sometimes unmanageable. Right. Um, but that's why, you know, when that kind of stuff happens, it, these days it happens with long lead times where, you know, they, you know people are made aware, hey, we're going to deprecate this. You have 18 months to, you know, get off of that version and up to a new version or whatever you got to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in this instance, it just was something that really wasn't announced that, we, you know, we um, we almost kind of just got lucky in the fact that we were maintaining everything else well enough that it, didn't it got updated the other and, side, you know, so we, we didn't have to worry about it. But um but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, but but to your point about browsers and and kind of the whole topic in general, we had, um, you know, this was years ago, fifteen years ago or so, um, at my you know my first business, which was a software company. For anybody that doesn't know, um, you know, I had started a software company with a friend of mine when I was in college, and and you know, um, you know, we ran that that business for a few years, and uh, we had. A, a client that had a lot of installs and at the time we had the the piece of software was really complex it was a server application it was a, a web application it was um a couple other server applications that all kind of communicated together and they we integrated with somebody else's systems and you know with a couple other you know um, manufacturer systems you know all that kind of stuff and um, it was a really, really complicated, complex piece of software. Uh, and one day, basically across our entire ecosystem of installations, they it almost all just ceased to function. Um, and, you know, we started getting angry phone calls across the board from, you know, it's not working. You know, why is your software broken? What's the button? And um, come, we came to find out that it was a hot fix that Microsoft had released for Windows Server that broke our software mm-hmm. for whatever. I don't remember exactly what the reason was, but uh, but we could track it down specifically to you know, this hot fix that got released that was updated, you know, on most of their environments because it fixed some other problem, broke our software. Uh, and, you know, when when we started talking about what it was going to cost to to fix that problem, um, you know, for for customers that paid for the for development services, they didn't, you know, wasn't licensed software and stuff like that. It was basically a software as a service model. Uh, we got a lot of pushback on that because it was, what are you, you know, what are you talking about? You know, this is a bug. We, you know, you're supposed to fix certain bugs and this and that. And we said, but it, it wasn't a bug yesterday. <laughs> we didn't, the, everything worked just fine. We can't test software on an operating system that literally didn't exist yesterday. So there's only so much that we can do, but we can't predict the future. And we don't know, you know, Microsoft didn't even know that they were going to have to release that, let alone how did, would we have been able to plan for that? test against it and make sure that our software was going to work, right. you know, a year and a half into its life because they deployed a hot fix. And, you know, so that stuff happens. It, cha- it happens all the time. Technology changes, browsers change, operating systems change. Uh, and really the, the, the biggest contributor to all that over the past 10 years has been mobile devices, mm. right? We went from 
a mobile version of your website was a completely stripped down separate code base that had text and links and that was it no javascript no images no style no you know no css no style sheets right. none of it because it was a blackberry on a 1x network that didn't have a full text browser so all it could do was display text and links uh, and not only that but it was working on a network that was so slow that it couldn't it, it couldn't render an image and, right. and download style sheets and actually make any of that a usable experience. Mm -hmm. um, and that was what a mobile website was for, for years, was a completely separate version of your website that had no, almost zero functionality uh, other than just a link and text. Mm -hmm. And then the iPhone comes out and all of a sudden now we're working, we're dealing with full text or you know, with full text mobile browsers. Uh, and we're doing that on three, you know, on 3G networks, which is a better connection, but it's still not great. And now you got to worry about, okay, what is that? How does that website load? And what are the, what pictures are you loading on that version versus on your desktop version when somebody's connected, you know, with a plugged in connection or when they're on a Wi-Fi connection or mm -hmm. all those kinds of things. And now we've kind of gotten to the point where 4G is and Wi-Fi are, are for the most part ubiquitous. They're, you know, you can take them for granted. Um, full text browsers you can take for granted, but at the same time, now you need to optimize that user experience for that device, for a mobile device versus a tablet versus a desktop. Mm -hmm. um, and then every browser that exists on every one of those devices and what they support in the, you know. Yeah. And again, they're all moving towards standards that are gonna be positive that they all actually are on the same standard because years ago it was well we had one version for internet explorer and then one version for standards compliant browsers and mm -hmm. now microsoft's playing nice and has gotten on board with all that stuff and you know on top of the fact that really nobody uses internet explorer or mm -hmm. edge or whatever it is anymore no. um but you know but we're kind of moving to that because the, you know the browsers are seeing advantages in uh, the capabilities that developers can take advantage of when they know that every browser is actually going to support those capabilities. Um, but, you know, all that stuff, I mean, it changes daily, mm. all the time. And it's all stuff that needs to be dealt with and handled and, and managed for. Right. So what else? You got anything else? Um, I think you... Talk too much. All my questions today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my throat hurts. I always talk a little too much. But I guess that's why we why we do the podcast, so I don't have to do it to everybody else. I don't have to bug everybody in the office. I can just record it and put it out in the world and hope there. that people care. <laughs>